Hey, yo. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I'm John Ledyard from PewterReport.com, and with me today on this wonderful Monday evening of the first day of free agency, unofficially, I guess, is the one and only Casey Hudson and Matt Matera from PewterReport.com, ready to break down an eventful day for the Bucs following the eventful day for the Bucks in Casey and Matt, neither of you were on last night's emergency podcast when Tom Brady came out of retirement. So yeah. I think on today's show, if it's okay with both <laughs> of you, we'll start there. Yesterday, we had an awesome show. Tons of people dropped in uh, and it was really, it was an awesome time hearing where people were when they heard the news about Tom Brady was obviously of, of great importance to me. So I'm curious, we'll start with you, Matt, and go to Casey. Where were you? What were you doing? What state were you in when you heard the news that Tom Brady might be coming back? You're muted, Matt. <laughs> That's how excited he was. No words. <laughs> no, he's not muted. He just can't hear him. He no. he is not muted, is he? No, unless unless your mic on that end is muted. So, Casey, while Matt figures it out, we'll go to you. Where were you when Tom Brady came out of retirement? Not that I'm totally embarrassed by it, but I was being just like a total Sunday fun day girl. I was having a picnic <laughs> with my best friends um, no over on awesome. Davis Island in Tampa. So we were all like, you know, two glasses deep of champagne. So we were technically already celebrating the news. We just right. didn't know exactly what news was about to hit. And then that happened. And then it's like, oh, here we go. We were celebrating right. for multiple reasons. So, yeah, that's what I was doing. Now, the shock of it. Like I saw what was, I read what was going on in the chat and then right. I went to social media and it was just kind of like an overwhelming burst of why is everybody lying on a Sunday that's supposed to be so yeah. calm and so chill and so relaxed. And then you just dig in a little deeper and a little deeper and then you're like, holy crap, this is for right. real. Tom Brady is, is, for real. is yeah. back. Like, right. I don't know. Yeah. yeah really crazy. I was so jealous that I didn't make it for the pod. My phone died and I, of course, getting back home was a bit of a haul. Well, I mean, it was a little bit last minute for all of us. Luckily, some of us were around that we were able to throw together a podcast last night. If you haven't seen it, it was an, a lot of fun. JC Allen, myself, Josh Capo, all on the podcast. Paul Atwell dropped in for a little bit. Oh. It was awesome to see him and hear his perspective on things. It was really cool. He, he likes football again. You know, Paul is, for people <laughs> who don't know, he's like a Brady fall. You know, he's followed Brady and he knows – Arian's offense really well and everything, but he, you know, really when Brady retired, he's like, it was in like a mild depression. Like, do I still like Hoping. football? <laughs> My favorite tweet when I, when I got through all of them was Paul's that said coping season was over. And I was like, how real is this? Like, That's true. So many that people came to life yesterday when they realized the reality of, of Tom Brady returning to the game. Look, my guy was down bad, Casey. He been <laughs> like, he wasn't even texting me about football anymore. Like I felt I was, I was heartbroken for him. And, and Champa's, Champa Bay is right. I can't smile. Brady came back. Lots to smile about. Obviously, it was a, it was a dismal off season there for a little bit. Now the, the whole script is kind of flipped on the Bucks uh, season. So it's it's going to be very interesting to see how they continue to handle more of this free agency period. We'll see if we can get Matt back in here now. What do you think, Matt? Is he can we hear you now? Hey, can you hear me now? Yeah, ah, the there we go. Let's go. Let's go. Matt, where were you when Brady? Where were you when Brady came back to Tampa Bay? What were you doing? Yeah, I was actually uh, at a, at a friend's house hanging out uh, when I heard the news and immediately lost it. Um, <laughs> and then my phone died. Which, John, we were texting. I gave you a song suggestion. That's right. I didn't realize. I, the, the opening line is don't call it a comeback. I thought that was the name of the song, but that's LL Cool J's mom said, knock you out. Then my um, phone died. So I was scrambling to like get a charger and, and see everything go on. And obviously right. then I got back on and started tweeting away, tweeting through it mm -hmm. as uh, <laughs> the people say, but yeah, I mean, I'm still riding off the high from it. I thought it was, in, you know, it's obviously it's awesome that he's back. The podcast last night that you guys did, it was hilarious. And 
uh, obviously Brady was already under contract, but it feels like they just had another big free agent signing with Tom Brady yeah. just announcing that he's not retired anymore. So right. Bucks have already uh, won free agency just by having Tom Brady back. I was going to say, uh, there is a lot, definitely a lot of truth to that. Tom Bucks fan says, I enjoyed Florio's meltdown. Yeah, Florio, you speaking of tweeting through it, him absolutely trying to tweet through it on Twitter yesterday was truly glorious. And then trying <laughs> to like bring up some, unknown person that was dming a meanie things like it was incredible incredible theaters on twitter that's why you never <laughs> log off right there oh yeah. yeah there was a great story about breast milk exploding everywhere when someone heard about the tom brady signing if you haven't heard the whole pod yesterday definitely go check out the whole pod we had trevor we had vintage trevor meltdown laughing moment on the pod yesterday so yeah you definitely gotta yeah. definitely gotta his check that out for sure. being on his podcast and finding out that was pretty priceless yeah. too I probably yeah, watched that a times and had a good laugh. <laughs> was, yeah, it was also a, a great moment. And some great comments in the chat, too, about uh, where everybody was at when that happened. But now that we've moved on, because we'll probably talk about this a good bit all week, Scott is flying back to Tampa right now. So he'll be on the podcast tomorrow, and you'll hear his perspective on everything and a lot of how it went down and some details and stuff like that. So make sure you note that one. If you're not subscribed, make sure you subscribe to the report. Uh, TV and get subscribed to the Pewter Report podcast and hit the bell to get the notifications for when we go live because that will this week especially we're a little bit more fluid with the time that we go live we might be in the evenings most days and so you'll get notified make sure you don't miss it you can pull it up on your device when we go live if you hit that bell because we're kind of going live at times that are convenient like we wanted to wait today and I'm glad we did because we got to see yeah. the Carlton Davis transaction happen which was super exciting obviously and we're going to talk about that next but first, guys, we got to mention our title sponsor of today's podcast, as it is for all the Peter Report podcasts, is our friends at Celsius Energy Drink. Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. I have finally given up. I've thrown in the towel a little bit, and I have a Celsius here with me, the sparkling orange pomegranate, because your boy is running low on sleep, low on sleep. And I, you know, I can create my own energy pretty good, but once in a while I need Celsius. It gives you the boost without the crash you get from other energy drinks. And it comes in a ton of awesome flavors as well with no sugar. <laughs> I don't know if you're there listening to what I just said and wondering how that's all possible at once, but that's what Celsius has pulled off. It's really good stuff. You can check them all out a number of different ways you can do that. You can go to Celsius.com, use the store locator, find out where they are selling Celsius near you, or you can do the Amazon subscribe and save option. Click on those banner ads at PeterReport.com. Get uh, get them shipping to your house on the regular basis with the with the subscribe and save option. That's always a good good choice uh, as well. So uh, definitely check those out and get yourself a one of the best energy drinks out there on the market. To be honest with you, um, okay, yeah. let's talk about Carlton Davis, uh, Casey. We were really in doubt whether this was going to happen. Uh, mm -hmm. The situation to set the table for people. We had been as clear as we could be, and now I'm just going to kind of sell all the details out there for people. Carlton Davis market, the Bucks believed it would be under the value of the franchise tag. They believed that if Carlton Davis hit the open market, they could get him back or at least give him a competitive offer unless one team jumped the gun and went crazy. But, and this was mentioned to me by a couple people, I don't know this, but this was speculated by a couple people. I think the Bucks ties to the Patriots and having some familiarity with them and, and some relationships there with people in the Patriots front office, uh, front office from Jason Light's time there was key in this because I believe they knew J.C. Jackson's market was not going to be in the Jalen Ramsey territory of 20 mil per year. Ramsey's still at the top of the league. The corner market has not moved for whatever reason. Teams just don't trust the position enough to offer it more money, I guess. So when J.C. Jackson got $16.5 per year, a lot of people on Twitter were surprised. They thought it would be more in the 18 and 19 range, at least pushing close to that Ramsey mark, not quite getting there, but pushing closer to it for guys that had a ton of picks in the last couple of years and been really a number one corner this year, stepped up and was a number one corner and had even a better year, the more responsibility he's been given. Scheme diverse, big guy, ball production. It's kind of all there for J.C. Jackson. So when he went at 16 and a half, a lot of people said Carlton's going to get less than that right, right away. And I even tweeted that. I said, Okay, JC coming in at 16 and a half is probably a really good sign that Carlton's going to land somewhere in the 14 to 15 million range. And I knew Scott and I had known that in that range, the Bucs were willing to be competitive for, for, mm -hmm. for Carlton Davis. Above that, and, and their interest was going to tail off, and they were prepared to let him walk if someone was going to overpay for him. They didn't have to do that because they were right. They played the market perfectly. And there's egg on my face because I said, 
this should like uh, they didn't use the franchise tag on him and i thought that would end up being a mistake not that they didn't use it on because they obviously felt like they needed to in their situation use it on godwin but that they weren't even planning to use it on him was surprising to me because i just thought it was a risk not worth taking Maybe it wasn't, uh, but they took it and they were right because they got the market gauge perfectly. They got Carlton Davis back on a three-year, $45 million deal, $15 million per year. It's terrific value. The term isn't too long. I bet you know there's no void years. So they're not even kicking money down the road with this one, it looks like. Um, they played the market pretty much perfectly. It's like A-plus GMing, uh, cap management. Uh, it's what the Bucks have been doing. It's why they've lost so few free agents and gotten everybody back. They just have a great beat on things, and maybe I've learned a little lesson to start trusting a little more. But, Casey, what were your thoughts through this process? I had to learn to start trusting, too, because I had Carlton written out. Like, I was like, there's no way they're going to – because the hard part for me was thinking, you know, do you bring back Carlton Davis or do you bring back Jordan Whitehead? And then when you just look in terms of production, I was like, if they're going to put money towards one or the other, I was kind of leaning more towards Whitehead just because of how – much longer or how much more productive he was able to be this past season. So all that being said, you know, Jason light is a, is a genius. We've given him his credit year after year after year, because he tends to continue to shock everyone season after season. And, you know, it's great, especially as a bucks fan. I know bucks fans out there are like, we knew this all along when they were, you know, throwing fits on Twitter 10 seconds ago. So I agree with you. I thought that the franchise tag was kind of like a fail to not give it to Carlton Davis to at least secure that because I thought that market was going to be a little bit hotter. And I thought, you know, young guy knows that he plays well, knows that he's an asset to a team. He deserves to be paid more and he's going to want to be paid more. So I thought Carlton Davis was for sure gone, Um, especially when it came to in comparison to Jordan Whitehead, because I don't know if Jordan Whitehead is going to translate into another team and be as successful as he is on the Mm. Bucks. For some reason, I just feel very strongly about that. So that's why people are wondering why I gravitated to the Bucks saving Whitehead over Davis. It was just more so that in terms of career and longevity, but um, Hey, it's a great day to be a Tampa Bay Bucks fan. Carlton Davis is back. Tom Brady's shocked the world. Ryan Jensen's buying baby powder. Like, what else can you ask for aside from some of the other free agents we're probably going to get to down the line? So, yeah, I, I was a complete fail on the Carlton Davis thing, but I'm happy to be wrong about it. I tweeted it out. I took my L. That was Sorry. my – That's all you can do. And, and Matt, I believe you were the only one that had – did you have Carlton coming back? Am I remembering? Yeah, you did. Yeah, right? I had I had Godwin on the, the franchise tag. Because again, it just it just right. happened it hours right. before the battle plan. <laughs> you came were the out. only one of us on staff to believe Carlton Davis is coming back, so you never lost so faith. So much faith. <laughs> Gotta believe. Well, that's the Mets saying. Gotta believe. But yeah, for, you didn't first think Jensen was coming back, though, right? No, I. So well, that might have been something given. In in a world where Tom Brady's not playing oh, quarterback, right. I I wanted them to get younger. But now that Brady's yes. back, like yeah, of course, right. so my, go my after Ryan Jensen, right. but. Right. Yeah, first of all, Jason Light and the Bucks front office deserve a ton of credit. Uh, you know, as you just said, John, like they took a gamble with, you know, putting letting Carlton go out to to free agency, and they couldn't have hit a bigger home run than right. getting him for two million under what the franchise tag would have been. And let's mm-hmm. be honest, a lot of us were all very critical of putting the franchise tag on Godwin because then they couldn't put it on on Carlton Davis. And mm-hmm. but you know, it, it all worked out well. I'm a big fan of Davis's game. I love everything about his game except for the fact that he gets injured a little bit too much and he just he can't hold on to the ball uh, when when passes are thrown his way. But outside he, of he that, he was okay in 2020. Just yeah, well, 20, yeah, yeah I know. Um, but I think secondary so, needs to practice it though. Yeah, everyone outside of Mike Edwards really needs to, you know, like Shaq Barrett. Is, Shaq Barrett has the second best hands on, That's on true. the team, and and he and he's an outside linebacker. But yeah, I think the main takeaway too, and I'll wrap this up is. You know, Carlton was one of the big three corners in free agency this offseason with with uh, J.C. Jackson as well and and Gilmore. So it was important that they had to get one of the three. And, of course, Carlton would probably be the number one target because of his history being on the team. So really couldn't be happier if you're a Bucks fan that they got their guy back under what the projections were that they were going to have to pay him in the first place. So, I mean, it's just a great deal all around. And three years, too. You know, the yeah. one knock is about right. the injuries and everything like that. But three years isn't as bad as, you know, four or five and everything like that. So right. nicely yeah. done. It's established so much more hope because we're not mm-hmm. seeing a whole bunch of one year deals right now. We're seeing mm-hmm. significant players, even though the age is nerve wracking when it comes to a Jensen. But like you see significant players that, you know, are going to be around for a minute. So it kind of 
takes the pain out of that rebuild phase that we thought was going to really hit this off season, um, pushes it back a little bit, makes it a little less intense or drastic, if you will. So yeah, yeah for sure. Right. No, it makes complete sense. I mean, this is people for some reason guys still out there think that the bucks are just kind of this haphazardly run organization that locked into Tom Brady and won a super Bowl. like people actually <laughs> think that, like I had a conversation with a guy the other night, uh, via DM, somebody who's in the media who covers the league as a national reporter. And they were just like, you know, your boy Jason's up against it. Now is the day before Tom Brady came back. So really bad timing for him. Just not fortuitous <laughs> at all. But your boy Jason's really up because he knows I genuinely believe Jason Light is one of the top five GMs in the NFL. I I genuinely believe that. Um, and he was, you know, kind of ribbing me. Oh, he's up against it. We're going to be real hard time for him. And I was explaining him, look like, look what this guy's done. And he hasn't even gotten that lucky. Like Marpet retiring in his prime. Justin Evans and Kendall Beckwith after hot starts getting totally injury riddled. You know, the stuff with OJ Howard and the injuries over the years, like that he's had run up against some bad luck too. And in his picks and his contracts and playing the market and putting smart people around him and building relationships with players like Brady to stay in touch with them the whole time that Brady's been away and you can leave that door open and, you know, not jump the gun and trust that that was going to situation again, not rush to a lesser option, but Hey, if we don't get this top option, we're going to ride with Gavin Trask because we're not going to reach for a middle tier option. We're going to be excellent or we're going to gear up to be excellent again in 2023. Just everything about the way he leads the organization. This is why I just wasn't nervous just in general. Like he just, there are not many GMs in the league that are going to be, they're as good as Jason light. And there's not many, they're going to be as good year to year as he is. So the bucks have one of the few good ones out there. And mm-hmm. people are going to be surprised. I mean, they should be surprised. They're paying attention. They're, they're going to be continue to be surprised because this organization really is just so well run. And Bucks yeah. fans should be really optimistic about that. I think Dwayne asked a good question here. Why are Bucks fans down on Carlton Davis? I'm so confused. This is really divisive amongst Bucks fans. Like there's a lot of Bucks fans that are diehards that didn't really care if Carlton Davis came back. That is crazy to me, <laughs> given the sh- the responsibility shoulders. Matt, I just feel like his tape kind of speaks for itself, doesn't it? Like he's he's a really good player. He might not be like I mean, look at corners around the league. Jalen Ramsey's getting toasted in some of these games. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, Ramsey. That was a whole story. That was the whole storyline <laughs> in itself. It's like if the Rams lost the Super Bowl, it would have been because Jalen Ramsey right. kept getting beat down the field. I mean, we know and Carlton against Davis. the Bucks. <laughs> Carlton, yeah, and Carlton Davis, we know is a gamer. He likes those challenges of going up against your number one wide receiver, and shutting that guy down. I still go back to the divisional round of the playoffs last year where they beat the Saints, and then as soon as they beat New Orleans, he's hopping online and tweeting that Michael Thomas calling him slant boy. Like, he's got that bulldog mentality that, that, you know, that you want to see in a corner like that. So I don't – outside of, the, again, that he gets injured from time to time, which you can't always control that, I don't – understand what people don't like about Carlton Davis because he checks the boxes in pretty much every category. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> me being me. Uh... Me, me, me. <laughs> just going to be K-Hattie for a second. Go ahead, go ahead K-Hattie. My only thing besides the injury is like if you can't stay healthy and you're not the fastest corner then you got to be getting picks out there or something like there's got to be one little extra wow factor besides the fact that he can that he's a savage yeah if you have to have a savage mentality to be a decent or like a quality defensive player but then like what's next outside of that like say he goes into training camp he's not 100 percent, he's 80 percent, and then what are we looking at a guy that just kind of stays somewhat mid-gear with top receivers so don't get me wrong. I think he's a beast out there, and he's obviously been one of the largest contributors to holding down the secondary. I just think that they're going to be like a little bit more. And he started to show a little bit more last season. Wait, can we still say last season, or do we have to say 2020? Yeah, I don't know how that works either. I, I, I always season. get caught in this, between. This yeah. past season, I usually say. I think people yeah. know what you mean. Okay, well, the season in which they were Super Bowl champions, you saw a lot of great flashes. You saw a guy who was like, okay, I can't wait to see the next gear out of this cornerback that next gear I didn't feel like I saw this previous season but mm. again you know he had the the injuries and the secondary was very heavily depleted and relied on in, in unrealistic capacities so I'll give him that pass but this season I want to see more let's mm. just be serious about that I no, think that's fair point. yeah yeah the 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 lack of turnovers and interceptions is definitely a knock on him that 
does need to be improved. He needs to get on the jugs machine a yeah. little bit more and practice this year. But here's well, here's why I'm Drake, he, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I think you're right. But here's why I'm not worried about it. Over the past three years, Carlton Davis, or over his career, actually, I think maybe over his career, he has like the most passes defense in the last four years. And over the last three years, I think he's like third in the NFL in terms of plays on the ball, period. That process usually leads to higher interception numbers. And he sustained mm -hmm. that process for four years. And he had a four pick season. And this past year, he had won. He dropped a bunch, but he also played 10 games. Yeah. And if he just purely 100 yards like Davis in the in the Tyree Kill game, you know, he just couldn't physically just was a bad matchup for him. And every corner in the league has those. It's not you know, just Davis, but every corner in the league mm -hmm. has those. You know, I remember Chris Harris used to just get in his prime, just Antonio Brown would just wreck him. I mean, hundreds of yards every single time they'd meet. Um, but anyway, I think those are the kind of matchups like look at him, you say, okay, maybe it's one or two of this. Then you put him against any bigger body dude like Allen Robinson. He plays great against him. Michael Thomas. He plays great against him. You know he shut guys like that down, and that's a, to me. And he's made plays in the football in the context. Now he's got to he's got to catch the football and finish a little bit better, no question. But when a guy makes that many plays in the ball, there's just not many corners doing that on a regular basis, as well as not getting torched and lit up on a week to week basis. You know he's not like he's getting thrown at constantly and just happens to knock a few down. Like he's. He's legitimately playing top tier ball and he's gotten so much better in zone coverage this past year. I mean, he went from being just you know a little bit shaky in zone this past year in 10 games was the best he's ever played in zone. He looked more like a zone corner than a main corner after the, the year before, to be honest. So his growth, his size, his age, he was young coming in the league. I mean, you just don't give up on that at that position, his mentality, yeah. how hard he works, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a huge win for the bucks. Uh, uh, no question about it. I know we all agree on that, but you're right, Gaddy. Got to get better in some areas for sure. Uh, $5 super chat gear. from Leo. What'd you say? I said, Yo. just hit that next gear. That's right. The next yeah, year. Take it to the next level. Yeah. I think it's coming for sure. Leo says, what have you guys been hearing about Godwin, Gronk, Lenny, post Brady returning? I also hope the Bucs maybe look at Landry or T.Y. Hilton for wide receiver three. Let's talk about Jarvis Landry just for a second because mm -hmm. I think we're on different. I don't, Casey, I don't know what you think. I know, Matt, you kind of like the idea, it sounded like from your article. Uh, a pewter report and, and from your tweets i don't really like the idea as much why don't you go first and let people know why you might be like excited about i can see both but i want to hear your thoughts as to why you might be excited about this potential fit not that he's even on top of the bucks list but there was a tweet from dan graziano from espn saying that the bucks might have some interest here in jarvis landry yeah yeah i just like it in the sense of and i'm, I'm not even saying he's like my number one Bucks free agent target at wide receiver. I just, I just, you know, when Graziano put out that tweet and everything, I just like it in the sense that it's an immediate upgrade at the wide receiver three position. Uh, Jarvis Landry is a veteran player who's been around for a while. He's still very talented. He had a run of making the Pro Bowls in like 2017 through 2019. He's not that player anymore, but I think he could come in and really provide a maybe not necessarily spark because you get that with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Mm -hmm. But a, a different element to this offense that, you know, he maybe isn't the, the prototypical type of receiver that Bruce Arians likes, you know, the, the the taller guys that can go down the field. But he's another guy, kind of like Carlton Davis, he's an absolute gamer. When I was looking up some of his stats and just all of his games played, I could have sworn Jarvis Landry is, was a guy, I feel like you see him every single week on the injury report. Like, oh, he's questionable to play this week. But then I was looking up his stats. He played 12 games this year. The year before that, he played in 15 of 16 games. Outside of that, he's always played 16 games. So I think the Bucks receiver position, all the way going back to 2019 when Mike and Chris both had those hamstring injuries, depth is obviously so important. We noticed that last year towards the end of the season into the playoffs. I like having a guy that's going to be extremely durable out there. Um, I know he's not always playing in an offense that goes vertically down the field like the Bucs do, but... I think he could be really important on third downs if, you know, they're assigned to double Mike or Chris. Um, I like, yeah, he's, again, he's not as fast as he once was, but I, I think the just the timing mechanism with Tom Brady, it seems like an ideal receiver that could yeah. really match up well with Tom Brady. So I think just an immediate upgrade of wide receiver three, uh, Jarvis Landry, I'm, uh, I'm with it. I'm yeah, I don't I don't disagree with the Brady connection part. You know, well, the part, part of it just being because I think Brady can can connect with just about he anybody, can work but, with anyone. Yeah, and, and he's tough and he is after the catch and he does make tough combat catches for sure. 
But Landry's never been like a very vertical player. So I just worry that he's going to get pigeonholed into being successful in a single role. And if he's not in that role with an ideal matchup too, that's an important part of it too. Cause people want to play man against the Bucks, Okay. Like, because there's so many kind of just like uh, concepts basically that are friendly for defenses to defend and man with the isolation routes. A lot of the time it's like, okay, our guys to beat your guy. Well, if the wide receiver three isn't winning those matchups, that's where I worry about with Landry. There's some matchups, but athletically he's never been great. And now he's even more mm-hmm. faded from what he once was. So I worry about him in those matchups getting exposed. I also worry that he's like a slot only and vertically, he's just not going to be a threat to anybody. And so it just allows you to focus on other players, focus another player in the middle of the field. Um, and it doesn't really open up options for you. So I want a wide receiver three that has at least like one Trump card or like a really good all around skill set, like a Juju who I think can play a little more and be a little more vertical on the outside. Mm-hmm. And I worry that Landry just fits such a tiny role that you would need to basically split his snaps with a wide receiver four and it, they might become predictable depending on who's on the field. If the other guy wide receiver four was like an outside burner and Landry's a slot only. Now you don't have the mix and match stuff that the bucks love. And that's what, that's why Scotty wasn't out there. He just, too predictable. Every time he's out there, you knew yeah. he's going to burn. Yeah. pony, right? You couldn't do anything else for your offense. That's why that's what the Bucks felt. So that's what they wanted Perryman in there. They felt like he could be a little bit more versatile. It didn't really work. They want Tyler Johnson to be that guy. Didn't really work. He played outside a lot of the year. Then he played inside when Godwin got hurt. Neither were good. So they need to find somebody like that. Maybe they can keep them a little more scheme diverse. That's why they taught Evans the slot so he can be more diverse. And you know, so all of those things kind of play into it but Landry's interesting we'll see what happens there um I could see some traits that the Bucks would like Casey Gronk <laughs> we know some stuff like this is I don't I don't I don't think I'm giving away anything JC wouldn't like I think this is JC's eyeball emoji tweet he's hearing some stuff and so stay positive on that front trust in JC Allen we trust and then hashtag <laughs> sources of JC Allen we trust and we'll see what happens on the Gronkowski front we are trying if you see me looking down and texting we're trying to to figure out the kind of where all that is out. And so we'll see what happens with Gronkowski. Obviously, if he decides to keep playing, I feel like it makes real, real sense for him to stay in Tampa Bay, but we're just not sure where that situation is at right now. There was some early speculation that it could be kind of one of the dominoes to fall today. Now it doesn't look like that domino is going to fall today. So maybe in the coming days, and Greg Almond had some good things to tweet about how it would be incentive for the Bucks to get uh, those deals done before Wednesday at 4 p.m., with Gronkowski and Sue, but some of those other players, Casey, what are you thinking in terms of their potential to come back and perhaps help the box? Well, I think Gronk's kind of a no brainer. I mean, he's not playing for money at this point. Gronk's playing because he loves football and more importantly, he loves Tom Brady. So, you know, I think it was one of those things that if Brady didn't come back to the game, yeah, I could totally see him just wanting the fun idea of playing with a Joe mm-hmm. Burrow and, you know, having a having a time for one more season maybe two more seasons but i think it's telling to the fact that everybody knows the dynamic between brady and gronk i don't think you would see brady back in the game without his right hand man for one for two it's doable in terms of you know the bucks capital and what gronk would really need or want back and i'm sure he'd be more of an incentive guy versus needing a fat contract and him working out at the Bucks facility still, that's also something because when he was on his way out from the Patriots, he was more so doing his own thing. And if you think about it in a larger term, like his family owns a fitness company. So Gronk doesn't really need to go to Bucks facility to get his workout on. That's relationship. That's chemistry. That's continuing to, you know, keep something going rather than ghosting or just kind of being gone for a while and then trying to pick up where you left off coming back on the on the later end of it. So I definitely think Gronk's a shoe in and that'll be situated in the next day or two i'd be shocked if we didn't have gronk locked in by thursday mm-hmm. yeah could be a possibility for sure we'll see what happens out there leo uh again with the five dollar super chat thank you leo listening to some boston media this morning now they're saying brady wasn't able to force his way out so he's stuck with the box yes that was the idea with a 41 day retirement to make yourself very tradable i think, I think things <laughs> just like, got i guess i gotta play brady. now first like, of all you're talking about retired. a guy you're talking about a guy who loves to control the narrative on everything. And if you don't believe that Tom Brady is a control freak about the narrative and how information gets released and how like everything happens, just look at how Bucks as a whole from the staff to the players changed the minute that Tom Brady came through those doors. Interviews were conducted differently. The way players speak to the media changed. Like everyone really started to restructure their communication skills to be like Brady. That was the number one sign for me that 
something was off. And then, you know, there was just a lot of drama playing into so much of, of whether or not Brady's coming or going and all the other mm-hmm. stuff that was taking place. I think Brady just needed silence. So he said, I'm retiring. And then when he was done with the silence, then he came back and look what he's doing. Right. I mean, this is just such a ridiculous narrative at this point. Like the dude unretired to force his way out of, or the dude retired to force his way out of a situation. How does that give any, any leverage? Like that doesn't make it's any not about sense leverage. It was just control. Like yeah, he got to shut everybody up because then he was done. And then he got so much praise for being done. And I don't know. I mean, yeah. you can't imagine I think he just literally coming. wanted to play football still. Like, I don't know why it's more than that to people. Like, I he just, he just stopped playing football and he was tired of the season and then he just wanted to play again. Like he realized it was just momentary fatigue and he wanted to play. And I, all these national people that try and especially not even national people, people at ESPN NFL network, all sorts. Yeah. It's, it's the people at some of these other places, like just, I don't understand, man. This is not that hard of a situation. Like it is very clear what happened. It's very obvious. Everyone involved is on the same page. They all understand. Like, you stop doing something and then you realize you want to still do it. That's it. Yeah. Like, he's a human he's, being. He's still. allowed. Like, to, exactly. He's allowed to change his mind. Yeah. <laughs> Can he not? It's just, yeah. It's just weird. Like the whole thing is people's upset. Like I saw when he, when he announced his retirement, people were on Twitter were like, this guy's weird. Like, how, how's it weird? Like, are you human that's ever changed your mind about <laughs> like I It's just bizarre. I like the way that people. That. That's so terrible. Yeah. Just weird. Like weird responses to something like, okay, if you're not a fan of him, just be like the Colts or something and tweet like, <laughs> some funny gif or video about how he's going to own you again. Like, you know, that, that's funny. Like, we, but you know, acting like he shouldn't be entitled to make to change me. his mind is really no weird. Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Okay. So you're anti Jarvis Landry. I am. Yeah. I just, I think he's become very one dimensional and I don't, mm. I don't think he'd be very significant or helpful here. And you made a really valid point. He may be able to go on the field and do certain things, but he would still end up splitting up reps and that role would still need to, need to be shared with somebody else. And in terms of just kind of alleviating the whole wide receiver three situation, I think you just go with somebody that can at least, you know, benefit you with not having to split reps or be one dimensional. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I don't know why, but for some reason, I feel like it might take him a minute to get situated on the same page with a Tom Brady while Tom Brady is Tom Brady. And he's an amazing quarterback. Something that I noticed when he first went to the box and then the second season, obviously is that, it's the wide receivers timing wise that take a minute to get used to his speed, his pace and his release. And I don't know where Landry's health truly lies. So adjusting to a speedy quarterback like Tom Brady, that can make very rapid, precise decisions. I just feel like it'll take him a minute to get acclimated. So it just feels, it feels too, too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bye. Especially when you're waiting out for a guy like Christian Watson. Like, I just want right. to know what Jersey number he wants. <laughs> You know? Guy's not even a Bucks fan. He grew up there. <laughs> we just need to know what jersey number. Steelers fan, though. It's a really good yeah. sign. Really good sign. I think. Manifest um, that with me. You know how that works. Oh, I know how it works. I I hear <laughs> you. I am I'm vibing with you. No question about it. Uh, Common sense. I says all these wide receiver three options have a bad injury history. Let's dive into the wide receiver three discussion, and then we'll talk about Alex Cap, obviously. But the Bucks need the Bucks. I priority is basically. I mean, yes, they want to bring back some more of these free agents. Jordan Whitehead, Rob Gronkowski, um, you know, if possible, Leonard Fournette, we'll see. I think Indomitian Sue, Will Golson, you know, I think they want to play again. They can play in Tampa. And all, all three of the one-year, you know, the one-year situation, or Gronk and Sue at least, and then Golson may be a multi-year situation. But all three of those players, if they want to, if they want to keep playing, we already know Sue does, I think we'll be back in Tampa Bay. I know some people want to get younger on the defensive line, and I get it, but look at free agency. There's run stuffers that are out there. But why not just get the run stuffers that know your system that aren't that expensive? Yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah. Sue and in Golston. If if there was pass rush upside out there, much of it, I would say, okay, go for it. But there isn't there and there isn't in the draft really. It's it's hard. You can't really bank on Devontae Wyatt being there in the first round. Um, I have one free agent proposal I'm gonna throw out at the end of this podcast. Chat, don't let me forget that I'm gonna throw it out at the end of this podcast. But that's how I feel about the defensive tackle group. And then I mentioned Fournette. I still think it's a long shot whitehead. Total wild card. He retweeted the Carlton Davis stuff and seemed excited, but I have no idea uh, what's going to happen with Jordan Whitehead in the coming hours. But let's talk about wide receiver three in this situation. Before we do, could everybody in the chat, if you're in the chat and you're watching right now or you're viewing this stream, could you give us a thumbs up, give us a like on the YouTube page? If you're watching on another platform other than YouTube, that's awesome. If you could flip over to YouTube, that's even better for us. It also helps us when you give us that thumbs up, boosts our YouTube SEO, helps more people find us. Also helps when you hit the Pewter Report podcast subscribe button and hit the bell as well for the notifications for when we go live. We greatly appreciate that going live all week, every day, talking bucks free agency. 
Um, this wide receiver three spot is tricky because the Bucks clearly have to upgrade there. There's been enough whispers that they're looking at some of these wideouts that they're in on it, but they also will not and cannot, in their mind at least, afford to spend a lot of money on this position. So it is going to be very interesting to see how they vet out the options that are out there. I'm looking at our tracker right now, and I don't know if I'm going to give you guys a couple minutes to pull up a tracker or think of a couple names maybe uh, that you want to mention maybe, but I know Allen Robinson is going to price himself out of a place like Tampa Bay as much as people would like to see that happen. I think I don't think it's going to happen. Um, Odell Beckham might miss the entire season with injury. So let's just take those two big names off the table right away. Then there are other options out there. You know, people have asked about Juju Smith-Schuster. Do I think it's a possibility? Seemed like he had some teams that were interested in him. It would be very weird to me if Juju Smith-Schuster waited until the end of free agency last year, had like basically three one-year deals for seven to nine million on the table and then just missed an entire season due to injury and didn't do anything when he was healthy and his market was better this year. That would be weird, but maybe that is what's happening. I, I don't really understand it, but um, other than that, it's hard to find a guy that you know is going to be a, an upgrade at wide receiver three. So you almost are looking at where to take chances. AC, what do you think about the wide receiver three market right now and some of the options that are out there? Anybody you like for the box? You know, I I do like the Juju option, honestly. Um, mm. Not particularly because he's going to be the fastest or, or, you know, I think a lot of times people keep looking for speed and referral to that wide receiver three slot. But what I did like about Juju is his, like, yards after catch ability. He's a strong guy, and that's really significant in very particular games. But after reading through everyone's stuff, it was Byron Pringle that really stuck out to me, and I was kind of like, why not? This could really be a nice fit here um, very comfortably. I know a lot of people keep asking about Cordell Patterson because yep. he's kind of a hybrid between wide receiver and, and a running back. I just feel like money-wise, you kind of hit it on the head. They're not going to really dump a bunch in here. I definitely right. feel strong about the fact that, you know, they're excited about a, health, a healthy Chris Godwin, you know, being back. Mike Evans continuing to do what Mike Evans does. I think that there's going to be a little bit of rope there for either Cyril Grayson or – uh, Brashad Perriman. Now, as much as I was cheering for Brashad Perriman all season long, I do agree he has broke hands and you can't have speed and not be able to catch the ball. But I feel like there was a lot of hope riding on Cyril Grayson's growth. He was heading in a really solid direction before his hamstring injury, and it doesn't exactly take him out of out of the running. If he's healthy and he has a solid training camp, I think that they have no problem having hope in him. But um, as for anyone that really jumps off the page, I mean, I know somebody else mentioned Ty or T.Y. Hilton. Mm -hmm. You're 5'10", 5'11", 180 pounds wet, yeah, and you uncooked. haven't broken a 1,000 yards in four, almost four seasons. I just yeah. don't see any kind of upscale there or them wanting to put much hope into him coming to the Bucks and all of a sudden taking off. I know people think, okay, Tom Brady's in the pocket. Any wide receiver is going to do, and that's really not the case. There has to be some kind of – um, you have to be able to see some sort of chemistry building between them where something's going to hitch off or else all the wide receiver threes that are kind of sitting on the sideline at Bucks right now would have a way better career this past season. Mm -hmm. So right. that spot's really tough for me right now. I don't know why. Yeah. Matt? Yeah, I truly think if, if the Bucks are going to go with a, a wide receiver in free agency, I feel like it's going to be a veteran player that is looking to get that first ring but might be willing to take uh, a bit of a smaller contract because one, and this is the beauty of having Tom Brady back is people want to play with Tom Brady. It's mm -hmm. uh, it's been clear in evidence in, in the two years that he's been here. So right. uh, like, I, re I really thought like Juju would be a good fit, but since you already mentioned, mentioned him, I think of one guy that's a veteran who uh, came back from a, from a bad injury a couple seasons ago, but like AJ green, I know he's not the, the, you know, all pro player that he once was, mm -hmm. but again, I think last year playing in Arizona, I still have that play in my head when they lost to the Packers at the end when he like didn't turn around for the ball and they intercepted it in the yeah. end zone. So that will stick in my head for a long time. That really bothers me. But I still think, too, he kind of learned how to play last year when he doesn't have to be the number one guy in, in a system. He obviously did that a ton with Cincinnati. But like a veteran guy for a, a cheap de deal that still has some uh, – some uh, gas left in the tank, but clearly isn't the same guy. I still think he would beat out like Tyler Johnson hmm. and Scotty as, as the number three receiver. Another guy on this list too. Um, <laughs> I don't even think he'd be a fit with the box or anything like that. And he's just, 
he never really was a great player when he got drafted. But Laquan Treadwell is just a guy, I, I look at him, and I'm just like, why was his career not better? Because, like, he balled <laughs> out in college, and then yeah. he, like, never did anything with the Vikings. And every time I see him, it always, it always like, I don't know. I just feel bad because I thought he had so much potential and just <laughs> yeah. didn't really do anything with it. You're the yeah. best optimist. I did forget, though. I think it was the same. I think it was us three podcast ago maybe well over a month but for some reason maybe Allen robinson i wouldn't hate that entirely yeah i just, I just think he's pricing himself out right yeah it yeah. seems like the interest in him is real strong today there was four or five teams maybe so we'll see maybe i mean you know if he wants a one he's coming off a terrible year and he is a little bit older mm-hmm. he's still young though like that's the thing feels like he's been around forever i don't even think he's he's 28 or 29 i think he's like, like 28 yeah he's definitely not in not 30 wow. anything yeah. so he was like yeah. one of my first drafts. I like his build time. per se. So I yeah. mean, if he wasn't out here, he'd be trying great. To he'd be great pockets, option. Then yeah, yeah. I like he'd be him. great option. Great option if they could afford it. I just yeah, <laughs> they're just not going to sink that kind of money. And I think um, Orange Sherbert uh, with the ten dollars super chat. Thank you, Orange. Sorry Thank if you, you answered this already. How much of the Brady effect is at play with Jensen and Davis signing so quickly without testing the market as we heard initially? Well, this is. I don't think the and you guys can say if you disagree with me, but this is kind of based on what I'm just observing, but kind of based on what I know too. Like Jensen 100% wanted to come back to Tampa all the time. It was really about what the price was going to be, how high was Tampa going to go for him. And I think then when Brady came back, he was just like, I want to do this. And let's just, let's just like agree somewhere. Like, and like he saw, I think Kelsey got 14 and it was just like, okay, like I can, I'm going to have no state income tax and I can get basically in that range you know, basically we're like me making 13 in Florida is different than you making, you know, in Pennsylvania making 14 or whatever. It's going to be about the same thing. So like, let's finish this thing out with the goat, you know, let's finish this thing out in Tampa, which he did not want to leave. Remember he cried in his end of the year press conference. Yeah. Brian Jensen was crying like, because he was that emotional about leaving. So I really think he wanted to come back and was going to be back anyway. If anything, Brady just affected the price tag a little bit, gave the bucks a little more leverage in terms of being able to get him, for 13 and not 13 and a half or 14, something like that, I think, if anything. Carlton, I don't think there's a relation. He wanted to test the market. He found out quickly in a few hours. And then when JC Jackson was official at 16 and a half million, he knew he was not getting what kind of what he wanted. And it wasn't worth, you know, Tampa Bay again, no state income tax factors in probably for these guys. 15 mil there is about the same as 16 and a half mil somewhere else. He knew he wasn't getting what Jackson got. So he said 15 mil for the Bucks. Like that's a that's a good deal. Plus, the other thing with Carlton three years, 45 million. He hits free agency again when he's 28 years old. That's perfect. So if he has good years here in Tampa for the next couple of years and a, with a great DC and a team that could win a good team around him, you know, all of a sudden he hits free agency and he can get the bag again at 28 years old. That's, you know, he's still in his prime basically. So yeah. it just aligned really nicely for him. The bucks were kind of able to give him a three-year deal, which he probably wanted so he could get out again and test the market. And he probably took, took a little bit less than he thought he was going to take but it was still a really fair deal. So I don't think that one had anything to do with Brady at all. Um, Jensen one, maybe a little bit, but good question. Orange definitely appreciate that question. Um, another $5 super chat here. How about a trade for Brandon cooks? He costs eight mil approximately this year. And based on what it costs for Amari could get him for a fourth, fifth. Yes. I am all about this option for the box. This is a great question. And I keep forgetting to mention it. Was it Paul that brought it up in our group chat a while ago? Was that in a group chat or was that, I I can't remember if you guys know. remember maybe that it came up. Yeah, but Brandon I Cooks, know. I think I know he's smaller than the typical outside guy, but really a, a great vertical threat can still absolutely produce. Produced with bad quarterback play has been produced when he's the only receiver. He's just produced. He's been traded like four times, and he just produces and produces. And, you're and right, I don't think he's cost that much. Someone mentioned it in the in the comments too that like they feel bad for him because he was on like the Patriots team that lost in the Super Bowl, and then he went to the Rams and lost in the Super Bowl. So. This guy, he's like the Brian Boyle of the uh, of right. the, oh. <laughs> of the uh, NFL. No offense, I love Brian Boyle. He's a Pittsburgh Penguin right now. He's crushing it. Yeah, uh, and obviously a great human being. But he he goes. Brian Callahan too is another guy that like goes to a lot of the finals, but then they don't win. So yeah. I like to see Brian Boyle win a Stanley Cup this year, and I'd also like to see Brandon Cooks win a Super Bowl if he's on the box. So um, I'm about, yeah. I'm about this, Casey. You about this? Are you about huh? this one, Casey? Are you about this one, Casey? I actually am. I mean, to go to Houston, have 2,000-yard season, not 2,000s, but two 1,000-yard seasons, um, it's really just kind of like I'd look at him, see his size, and put a couple question marks next to it. But we've seen that, you know, smaller guys can flourish 
and the Bucks offense, um, as long as they have an ability to be athletic. And I think Cooks is athletic. He's been in multiple different systems. He's at least shown that he can produce in one capacity or another. I just didn't even think about it, but I would definitely not hate you know, the idea of, of, of him coming to Tampa Bay, I think he could actually be very useful. I mean, if you can produce it in Houston, you can produce with Tom Brady and the rest of the weapons around right. you. The only time the Bucks don't really care that much about size is a, when you don't have to be a wide receiver one or, or wide receiver two really. And B when you have great speed, like those are the times they don't really care that much about size and cooks has those things and he wouldn't have to be a top option. He can play inside a little bit if he needs to, but he plays mostly outside but he's interchangeable enough that you can move him around. Vertical threat is produced consistently, for the most part, stayed healthy. The one year where he was a little bit banged up, mm-hmm. um, and he's a really good dude. Well, not many good dudes get traded that many times, but the, the rap on him is that he's a good dude. I think for most people I've talked to, I've talked to people who have spent a lot of time with him, and they really like him as a person. Yeah. So I'd love it. I would love and it what I like, too, it is that you know I've seen some games of him playing where he makes those really incredible or incredibly difficult catches like Chris Godwin does. So I think it would be really – cool to have him you know playing along the bucks and a guy that really kind of hustles to bring those catches into him and make those plays count so i didn't think about it but i I actually really do like the idea of cooks yeah for sure i think it's a good call and uh i'm probably keep pushing that one a little bit a lot of people asking about dj shark (laughs) this is tough for me because he really didn't play last year and i liked him the year before but i always felt like he was a guy that kind of got a little hot too early Big play guy for sure, but he's not as nuanced as Cook. Hasn't been as consistent. I do worry about the health a little bit. I don't have any idea what the price tag is. It feels like it's been forever since we've seen him play football. I don't even remember the last splash play that he made. He had some good years early on there. I'd have to look up his numbers even to remember. In a vacuum, I like his skill set okay, but the rap on him, like somebody, Clay Harbor, I think, who played with him, tweeted out today like, Played with DJ Shark for a couple years in Jacksonville. He hates contact. He hates being pressed at the line of scrimmage. You can take him out of his game if you've got the right approach defensively. And he's like, he just doesn't have that wide receiver one mindset. Well, he wouldn't need to have that in Tampa. He'd obviously have other options, but I'd need to go study the tape when I hear something like that. And I have never really studied him because why would you watch? Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't like seen him enough to really give you like a a blunt force answer of like, yes, he's a great fit, but a guy that doesn't win a lot of one-on-one battles and isn't physical just doesn't really sound like a Bruce Arians type of wide receiver. So like Shark Tank, I'm going to pass on this one. Like Shark Tank. Or whatever they say. For that, I'm out. It it, it all sounds good. I mean, for you guys to say that he's not the most physical guy – one thing that I think of when it comes to Bruce Arians, wide receivers, and just about anybody is if you're not a physical guy, you're not going to block, which means mm. Bruce is not going to not going to love you for long. So, yeah, man. right. It's true. Um, Adam Sheffer just tweeted, the two teams that have expressed the most interest in former Browns wide receiver Jarvis Lander are the Kansas City Chiefs and New Orleans Saints. That does not make any sense for the Saints to me at all. They need to get faster, man. Like, they need to get a quarterback. A slow offense. They need to get faster. Like, <laughs> why in the world would they do with Jarvis Landry? I, that doesn't make any they sense. They have a lot of needs. Imagine <laughs> not having a QB1 right now. Like, Listen, like, chill out because they're going to trade for the John Watson. <laughs> that would be great. 48 <laughs> hours I really, I believe that the Saints are going to trade yeah, Deshaun Watson eventually, here, and that you're going to eat those. <laughs> Zay Jones just signed with Jacksonville for three years, twenty four million. So Zay Jones, <laughs> who is Jacksonville's was, accountant? I, like, uh, dude, I just really want to know. I like just like uh, basically loves, everything they've done. Basically he's definitely everything. doing some illegal stuff. Like they, that guy, that guy <laughs> launders money just like Marty Bird does. In uh, I mean, what Ozark. mafia li- is based out of Duval County? Because I have so many questions. Yeah, well, they go to Tampa and Goodfellas, so it's possible that the mafia has you know ties in Jacksonville as well too. There's that brief I, scene where they go to the zoo, and I know you haven't seen Goodfellas, John, but uh, no, I haven't. I, I hate everything about. <laughs> they Jack, briefly go to Tampa. Fun. Very briefly, they go. Well, to Tampa. good choice by them. Underrated yeah. city. Uh, Mike Giardi <laughs> said several teams have shown strong interest in free agent corner Stephon Gilmore. Per source, both the Jets and Raiders are among those interested in the 31 year old corner the jets okay man let's go there you go they got uh they got signed an old lineman cj azoma cj yeah that too i'm so upset about that (laughs) yeah some some options off the board byron pringle is one we haven't talked about wide receiver three option that i still really like 
I thought I he kind of blossomed into his own a little bit last year in Kansas City. It took a couple of years, but it really seemed like he got better and he really kind of, you know, after the catch he made plays, some combat catches, he has enough athleticism. I'm very intrigued by him and he's not been picked up yet. So I'm going to keep hoping for him as a wide receiver three option to compete you with to Christian Watson. Between <laughs> Christian Watson wins. I just need to know his jersey number. But if you had to pick One. between Pringle and who are we just talking about? Cooks. Who would you choose? Cooks. This is tricky because Pringle is such a cheaper option. Obviously worse, but cheaper. I'd have to look at Cook's number. Somebody said eight mil there. I wonder if that's right after the trade, if that's what it would be. I'm not doubting. The, I just, you know, I, the trade can change it because if some of his bonus has already been paid, then his number, as it shows up on Twitter, his number would be lower to the team that's traded to him. So, you know, and it, it would depend on the cost for Cooks too. If it's a day three pick, I'm fine with it. You know, if it's a it's a round two pick or something like that. I don't know if I'd be as gung ho, but yeah, I'd probably still try to go cooks. I'm trying to go all in, man. Like Brady's back. Yep, like might as well. A Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I know they lost Alex Capita, and we haven't talked about that a bunch. It's one of those things that happens. You know, Capita's deal wasn't that big. Looking at it, I think it was clear to me the Bucks just felt like he's a replaceable guard. You know, they don't want to pay out more money in the O line. They'd rather keep some more options available to them in free agency. Hopefully. That means that they're willing to make a move at wide receiver three or willing to make a move for an interior pass rusher. That's what I'm going to spend a second here on. I think that Josh Capo, pewterreport.com, had a great article out, go out this morning. Scroll down a little bit and you'll find it. And he talked about how the Bucs can go all in. There's just no question about it. They can. There are many ways to create cap space for this team to go all in, and they have very little money on the books in future years. So there's a ton of flexibility to push money down the road and not even be in trouble because the cap is going to go up so much so significantly the next couple of years where that had not been the case in years past. The game is about to change in a lot of ways in that regard. I mean, the Saints have been doing this for 20 years, so it's possible. Like You could stay a contender if you play your cards right in other ways. So yeah. I think – they need to go all in for a guy like, you know, when Zedaria Smith got released today, I just said, like, that's just the guy, man. Like, I mean, that is the guy that if, you know, again, I can't speak to his health. I know he missed this past season. You know, I don't think it was all health related. He also was unhappy with his contract in Green Bay. I know the price tag is going to be what it is. It's going to, you're going to have to pay him a little bit for sure. No question. But I mean, that's a guy that can rush inside, can rush outside, can play. You can move JTS around, gives you so much flexibility up front. It's the quickness you wanted next to Vea. All the games Todd Bowles likes to run, he's terrific at those. The Packers just moved him around, hunted matchups, and got him 25 and a half sacks over the last two years before he got hurt this past year and only played like 18 snaps. I mean, he's still 29. Like, this is is a player that's good, and there's no reason to believe the injury stuff will, will continue to follow him. He's been healthy throughout his career. He was a little bit of a late bloomer, but it's the perfect kind of player that Tampa Bay should be looking for to put their defense over the top. One difference maker like that who can be a double-digit sack guy could move around, but his price tag is not going to be outrageous this year. I mean, he's going to be probably, I would guess, in the 13 mil a year range. And yeah, it, that's a big contract for a team like the Bucks. but they can do it. If they want to do it, they can do it. Um, this is the kind of move you make if you're all in and you're willing to take some chances. The Bucks went all in two years ago. They took some chances. It didn't bite them in the butt that year, and they won a Super Bowl. The Rams went all in. They took some chances. It worked out beautifully for them, and they won a Super Bowl. That's how you win in today's NFL. There's too much parity everywhere else. You go all in on talent, and you make some moves like that. That, to me, is what this team has to do. Like this free agency period, they get their own guys back. I get it. That was a priority. Now I think this day you got to go. You hope Gronk comes back and sue. You know Those are deals you work out quickly once those guys tell you we want to come back. But I think you got to go and you focus. You want Whitehead back, but you got to focus on looking at free agency, saying who can we get? We can make one splash with an impact pass rush, with an impact wide receiver three, with a trade, um, with another corner, if that's how they feel. You can never have enough good corners. I'm all about that. Um, to me, that's how they have to treat this free agency period, Casey. I think mm -hmm. it's that important. Brady just came back. You got a new lease on life. Like You have no idea when this opportunity is coming your way again. You can figure out how to replace a guard or a strong safety. Like Those are not back-breaking moves in terms of losing those guys good GMs, average GMs can figure out how to replace those guys suitably enough to win, to contend. I mean, look, the Rams, you don't even know their guards. Like, you know, it's just <laughs> like you can do that, but you can't do it without a wide receiver three that can make some type of an impact. You can't do, you can't do it as easily a position like that. You can't do it as easily 
at, at a position like cornerback or at a position like pass rusher, interior pass rusher, where those guys are rare, guys that can move around, play on the edge, get double-digit sacks. You have to pay out for those guys. You have to take some chances. And to me, those are the kind of guys you got to go for. I, I think the window's open for them. They don't have to take a million, but go make a big splash and bring somebody, some new fresh blood in from the outside that can make an impact for this team, especially if it's wide receiver three, awesome. But if it's defensively, I think that's a big deal. Well, yeah, because I don't think that you can do enough at defense. The more solid you are at defense, the more hope you have because in the thick of those tough games, it's your defense that really pulls through for you. Or what do they say? Defense wins championships. I mean, I couldn't agree more. If you're going to – you you got a, one more breath of fresh air. You got one more chance to really take this all away. And thinking of all the adversity that the Bucks dealt with in this previous season and still how far they got and the fact that they carry that NFC South championship – the excitement is still very much there of what they're capable of doing next season. So why not give it that extra nugget of hope to think, you know, let's really cross the finish line this time. Um, I think between all the injuries that they dealt with and the depletion to the defense before the offense started to really take a hit uh, really just kind of speaks volumes to the fact that they should stack up defensively, make sure that they have reliable depth, make sure that they're not over exhausting their, you know, their lead defensive players. Um, and I thought Josh's article was brilliant. I actually, you know, loved the breakdown on it. I love the fact, and I'm pretty sure because I, I recently read it, but it was like opened up $45 million of cap space. And that was before the Carlton Davis deal went down um, almost positive. So that's just, there's so many ways to make this work. And as you said, if you got Tom Brady for possibly one more year, something you didn't think was going to be the case 24 hours ago. Give it all you got. Give give this team yeah. everyone that they need to be a well-oiled yeah. machine to really fight for the Super Bowl and to not be stumped in playoffs by, you know, silly situations, if you will. Right. Some people talking about Tyler Lockett, another trying to get Josh to let us know what so that would be true. via trade. Uh, but, yeah, I love that idea as well. Paul brought that up yesterday or two days ago maybe in our group chat that that could be an option for a <laughs> mid-round pick. That'd be huge if Seattle really does that. There were some early reports they had on the block. I don't know. I haven't seen much since then. But, again, those are the kind of moves that you make, right, Matt, if you're all in. What do you feel about this all-in proposition, Matt, and going in to win this year? And maybe next, if Brady comes back, then extension's possible. It could be a fake extension just to clear cap space, which is fine too. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen along the road. I don't think Brady does either. But this year is what's promised to you. And I, I think you're just going to kick yourself if you don't go all in to win and pa- bypass some of these other Ex- Exactly. I'm I'm a billion percent down. You have to go for it now. It was only 40 days, but we had 40 days where we saw how Tampa Bay would look without Tom Brady. And it didn't look great. Uh, you know, it was looking like it's, it's a rebuild. But now that Tom Brady is back, it's an absolute new lease, new outlook on the 2022 NFL season. You have no excuses not to absolutely go for it all. Like, there's no reason they should be like, oh, we're almost there, but, like, this contract is just too much. Like, we can't go for this guy. You know, the Rams aren't regretting that. And, mm-hmm. you know, when the Bucks won it all in 2020, that was, a, like, it was just an amazing feeling. You, like, you sensed it throughout the entire city. And Tom Brady even coming back when he made the announcement yesterday, you're pretty much getting that same feeling. Mm-hmm. Well, there's hope out there. So, sure, yeah. even if it's only for one season, like you, there's no reason to not exhaust every single option that you could possibly have to absolutely go for it. Because you know, when Tom Brady retires for the second time, the Bucks are going to be in the exact same boat that they were prior to yesterday. So right. it doesn't matter if you have to give up, you know, an extra, you know, an extra draft pick, a, an important draft pick down the road, because the glory of winning will be absolutely worth it. So even if if it hurts you a couple years down the road, if you have to trade certain picks or maybe add on a little more money that might hurt you down the road for a certain player, you mm-hmm. have to go for it now because you're never going to be in this position again with the greatest quarterback of all time, already winning one Super Bowl, but having a great chance to win another. I mean, the NFC, again, we'll see what happens with Deshaun Watson. The NFC is wide open, all right? It's the Packers, but they didn't add anyone new. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is back, and that's – that's huge, but it you know it's it's the Packers and the Rams and the Bucks. You're 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 essentially right there in the race. So you have to do everything that you can. Yep, hundred percent agree. It's yeah. it's vital. I think that they see it that way. If they don't see it that way, there's a lot of questions. Do we think they see it that way? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think that they're saying all those things, 
Will they? Well, let's see. I mean, last year was about bringing your own guys back, and who could blame them? They just won the Super Bowl. The team yeah. was loaded. There was no obvious hole. Like, there was no obvious weakness necessarily. They need to see improvements. Now I think there are. There are obvious things that need to get better. The four-man pass rush has to be better. They had, need another interior guy. They've recognized that. Bruce Arians called it their biggest defensive need at the combine. He described mm-hmm. the type of player that they're looking for. Not That's many right. of those guys out there, and one of them just became available, and you should look into it to see if it's a possibility to get Zedarius Smith in here. Another one, yeah. wide receiver three, obviously, because they went through like 15 dudes trying to find one last year. They know it isn't one of the guys on the team. There's no been any, oh, it could be this guy. No, they got to get another wide receiver in here. Maybe two, and maybe it's the draft, and – I understand that. I love the idea of going to the draft. You know, even even if you traded for a guy on an expiring like Cooks or, or I think I don't know how many years Lockett has left on his on his deal. Maybe just one two. But if you trade for a guy on expiring, awesome. Then draft a wide receiver. He can replace that guy in a year. You know, you're obviously going to have to get cheap at that spot anyway. But there are affordable possible options. And screw those draft picks, man. Like f them picks, kidding? man. F them picks, like absolutely. Michael Jordan style. Like, are you kidding yeah. me? No, like. No, like, don't tell me about what does Tom Brady care about? What does Tom Brady care about future draft picks? I mean, the the chances percentage wise (laughs) that that pick is going to do in 2023 is going to do for you what Brandon Cooks could do for you. It's not worth it. Yeah, in the year of our Lord 2022, let's go after it, man. You have no idea. Yeah, that it's just it's a gamble, but. Somebody did ask, like, how all in do we think the Bucks would or should right. go? I didn't particularly read it all the way, but hopefully I'm saying, they're watching this pod. Yeah, full send. Get everything you need to get this done. Full send in all caps. Because the other thing too is Bruce Arians and Jason, and I wrote that in in my battle plan. They both alluded to the fact that they're going to bring back as many guys as they can. Now I know the my plan was a little controversial because I had JPP coming back. That's more so of like, you know, just like the perfect little story. JPP's career is really done. I don't Mm. see him wanting to play for another team to end his career. I think he wants to end with a team that feels like a family. And I think the Bucks will try to do that. But I agree 100%. You need to bring somebody in that's going to get the job done. You need to let those players that are going to be able to manage more reps do so, like a JTS. But as for the defense, especially the interior, there was that spree of games where they were really struggling to get into the quarterback. They weren't really totaling up many sacks. It was very strange feeling to see that defense be so meh. So I say go for broke. Yeah, absolutely. You have nothing Somebody, to lose. Right. Common sense. They said if they don't show Brady, they're all in. Why would Brady come back in the first yeah. place? Right. I'm assuming that maybe they've had those conversations. Maybe they are willing to. It takes two to tango. You need some other options to come available. But, yeah, you're aggressive enough. You go out and you get them. And, by the way, it doesn't have to happen this week. Look right. at how many moves were made in the summer. Look at how many moves were made yeah. right before, during training Let, camp Leonard Fournette. in the season. Leonard Fournette was like two yeah. weeks before the season. Look, look at the Rams. I mean, Odell Beckham and and yeah. uh, and uh, Vaughn Miller. Midway like, through the season, yeah. Right. Like, but it just has to be your mentality. Your mentality has to be that you have to be constantly looking at all the options. You're in on everything. You're not overvaluing draft picks. You're recognizing what it takes to win a Super Bowl in the year 2022. Like, that's just what it takes. There's too many good teams, too much parity across the league. You've got to get the best guys, like period. And they need to make sure that they've got the best guys. That's how they won it two years ago. And hopefully they take that seriously enough to, to go out there and do it again because it's important. Speaking of the best, let's talk about the best. The best, JC, or the best, Matt. I'm sorry, Matt, I called you JC. That's <laughs> be- <laughs> like, oh. Um, the best place to take your family for some food, some bowling, and some fun is with our friends over at Pin Chasers. Tell our that friends, is, tell, tell the people, Matt. I will tell the people you are missing out <laughs> if you're not going to Pin Chasers. Excellent place to bring friends, family, set up an outing, throw a birthday party there. If you got, uh, you know, a birthday party for your kids coming up soon, they have different deals. I'm talking literally every single day. You want to go tomorrow on Tuesdays, get all you can eat pizza. The entire grill is underrated to begin with. They got waiters and waitresses that will bring it right to your table. So you don't even really have to lift a finger other than trying to wave over uh, a waiter or waitress to uh, come and take your order. They got all you can bowl on uh, Thursday nights and uh, $1 Miller lights. If you go to pinchases.net, you could see all the different deals, prizes, different fun things they got going on. Uh, Anthony, the owner is a huge Bucks fan. He has season tickets. So if you go to pin chasers, you're helping out a fellow Bucks fan. They have multiple locations that you can see on the screen right there. So make sure you go to uh, visit 
yeah, make sure you go to pinchasers.net for uh, all of your falling needs, wants, and wishes, and uh, Pinchasers will take care of it for you. Great stuff from our friends at Pin Chasers. Absolutely love it. Somebody said that you need to change the name to Ring Chasers. Oh, I Bucks will getting Brady back. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Hey, we appreciate everybody jumping in here. Great show. As always, hit the thumbs up before you leave. Give us a like on the show. Helps boost our YouTube SEO. Gets out to more people. The show grows. We grow. We all get rich. We give the money back to you. I don't know what's. I don't know. I'm not. I haven't played that far ahead, but that's how it works. So we appreciate y'all jumping in here, tuning in with us, talking some bucks free agency. More moves are coming. More moves and news are on the way. Make sure you're following along. PeterReport.com. Tons of stuff up there, including the up to date free agency tracker, position by position. You can check and see who's available at each position as you go down. Uh, lots of awesome stuff that you can check out on PeterReport.com right now. Content pouring out all the time so we appreciate y'all we love y'all thanks so much for tuning in we'll catch you again tomorrow on another edition of the pewter report podcast out r.i.p scott hall